On this episode of Prospectology, I'll be recapping week six of the college football season. So hold on and stay tuned after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, everyone? We are back with episode 43 of Prospectology. I'm your host, Luch, as always. And today I want to recap what happened this past Saturday on the college football week six. And uh, we're going to start off with some of my top performers of the of the weekend. And uh, first one is Travis Etienne, who uh, plays for Clemson. He had 17 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns uh, against Clemson uh, against Miami. Uh, that was number one Clemson versus uh, number seven at the time Miami. And it was an absolute blowout. It was Clemson won that game 42-17. Trevor Lawrence, phenomenal. You, uh, you can tell he's the best quarterback in the country. And you can tell uh, from the way they use Travis Etienne, not only rushing, but throwing him the ball. He is the best running back in the country to me. And it was just an all-out onslaught. So he's a top performer of mine this week. Uh in the Alabama game, Alabama beat Ole Miss in a shootout 63 to 48. Uh but some bright spots there. Uh Najee Harris, my second, I believe, or third best running back in the country. He's top 3. Uh he had 23 carries for 206 yards and five touchdowns. He was uh huge in that win uh, against Ole Miss and uh, as well for Alabama Devontae Smith had 13 receptions for 164 yards and uh, one touchdown but there's some bright spots for um, for Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin had that team well prepared to play um, other performers in that game, Mac Jones was pretty phenomenal, uh, 28 of 32 for 417 yards and two touchdowns, um, but I was highly impressed with uh, the quarterback for Ole Miss, uh, his name Matt Corral, and uh, he had a pretty phenomenal day, the pressure didn't seem too much for him, uh, he was 21 for 28, uh, 365 yards throwing, and two touchdowns, uh, he was pretty phenomenal also uh, their running attack gave Alabama problems with uh, Snoop Connor Uh, he had 21 carries for 128 yards and two touchdowns as well as their receiver uh, Kenny Yabo Uh, he had seven receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns so they gave Alabama all the problems they could, but Alabama in the end, uh, leaning on Najee Harris and the playmakers they have on on the offensive side of the ball to kind of close that game out and and provide separation. But it was definitely a game to take you on the edge of your seat. Um, the next game that I thought was great, but my next top performer, Eric Stokes, the cornerback for. Georgia played phenomenal, had two pass breakups and uh, one interception in a game that I thought would be a little bit closer. However, Georgia's defense just 
uh, ran the show. Uh, they took it to Tennessee, even though Tennessee was good in the beginning. Um, that uh, Georgia defense just smothering uh, the running game for Tennessee, so Tennessee couldn't get anything going. And then Gorantano had to try to make some plays with his with his arm, but had threw two touchdowns on the day, but uh, another interception, two Stokes, and uh, kind of put the game out of reach. But uh, Georgia able to control the clock. Uh, like I said, they average about 35 minutes of possession per game, uh, and their game plan was good. Zamir White was great in that game, uh, but Georgia wins the game 44-21. Uh, but Eric Stotes, uh, look for his name. I'll have to do a scouting report on him because I'm he really took off on tape uh, on on the game uh, when I watched. Uh, him in that game, so I want to take a look at him because he's coming out in the 2021 draft, so stay tuned for that scouting report. However, another top performer in that in the Texas-Oklahoma game, the Red River uh, showdown, was TJ Pledger out of Oklahoma, uh, the running back. He had 22 carries for 131 yards and two touchdowns and he really provided Oklahoma with that that balance on on offense to uh be able to take care of that Texas defense and I was highly impressed with Oklahoma's defense they brought Sam Ellinger down six times they had six sacks on him so Texas offensive line not able to really protect too well. Uh, although Sam Ellinger, uh, all I can say about him is a competitor. He fought tooth and nail when Texas was down 31 to, I believe, 14 or whatever. Uh, he fought back and allowed his team to have a chance to win that game. Uh, went into four overtimes. Texas lost 45 um, to 53, or 53 to 45, my bad. Uh, Oklahoma wins uh, the rivalry in four overtimes and highly impressed with Oklahoma uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Texas got some pressure um, on on Rattler of Oklahoma, but uh, Texas just couldn't uh, get that one key stop to give their uh, quarterback, Sam Ellinger, and their offense to have a chance to kind of win the game. So Texas got some things to work on, but a phenomenal game, exciting back and forth, just like I thought it would go. I wasn't correct on the score. Uh, However, TJ Pledger stole the game for me, Um, even though Rattler uh, benched in the first half, came back, and was phenomenal in that game. Excuse me. Uh, Next top performer I want to talk about in a game I didn't really talk about uh, was Notre Dame versus Florida State. Uh, Notre Dame won the game 42-26, to uh, but 
top performer for me, Kyron Williams out of Notre, for Notre Dame. He had 19 carries for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Dude was um, breaking tackles, uh, getting to the outside to the edge and uh, taking it to the house. His, his speed and power really showed in elusiveness and Florida State had no answers. But on the bright side for Florida State, I thought uh, Tamarin Terry uh, played phenomenal um, in a game that was actually closer than what people thought it would be. Uh, Terry finished the day with nine receptions for 146 yards and one touchdown, so some uh, some bright spots for Florida State, but against a team like Notre Dame, who has definitely found their running game, hard to stop, and Kyron Williams gets a top performer for me. Another game I didn't talk about, but I told you guys to take a look at or tune into, was North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. Um, North Carolina was up big in this one, but Virginia Tech fought back, and uh, North Carolina ended up winning the game 56-45. to But uh, I was pretty impressed with Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. He was 18-23, 257 yards passing, and three touchdowns. You can really see the velocity on his ball, and... Uh, he can throw it to all three levels of the field. Very poised in the pocket, especially when Virginia Tech was aggressive coming after him. Was able to stand up, uh, step up, and and throw some very accurate passes. So he has really good control of the game. And watch out for North Carolina because uh, they're not too far off from, or if not competing this year for the ACC championship so and then on the other side of the ball uh, Virginia Tech Khalil Herbert um, 18 carries for 138 yards and two touchdowns Uh, I was highly impressed with him North Carolina didn't really uh, on the defensive side of the ball couldn't really stop him and that was uh, the main factor for Virginia Tech even though Hooker only had, he was 7 for 13, still threw for two touchdowns and an uh, interception, but or actually no interceptions, but uh, Hooker looked pretty good in that game too, the quarterback for Virginia Tech. Also for North Carolina, I forgot to mention, but Michael Carter, the wide receiver, um, or actually not the wide receiver, he's a running back for North Carolina, my bad. 17 carries, 214 yards, and two touchdowns. So between him and Howell uh, throwing the ball, uh, there was a chance for Virginia Tech to uh, sneak back in there, but uh, too much firepower for North Carolina on offense. And then it was a week of just overall upsets. LSU loses a heartbreaker to Mizzou. Missouri won the game 45-41. LSU was on the one-yard line at the end of that game with like 40-something seconds left. Got stuffed four times at the one-yard line to win the game. Uh, Not like the team we saw last year who won the national championship. Um, They got some things to figure out, but uh, Ed Orgeron, a great coach, he'll have that team ready. 
And then the big one for me was uh, number 21, Texas A&M, uh, who won and beat upset Florida, number four Florida, 41 to 38. Uh, Kyle Trask for Florida was great in this game, as well as Kyle Pitts. Uh, just that Florida defense couldn't stop Kellen Mond and and Jimbo Fisher's offense. So, uh, had uh, props to Kellen Mond uh, bouncing back from a pretty disappointing loss against Alabama last week. Um, Texas A&M, um, good when they when they show up, but Florida, defensive side of the ball, got to shore some things up. Uh, another playmaker for Florida, Kadarius Toney. He was phenomenal in this game, uh, two touchdowns uh, receiving. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as good as Florida's offense played in this game, they should have won. Um, they had every chance to win. They just needed their defense to kind of step up. Uh, didn't happen. But those are some of the games and top performers that I have who played this week. And that's kind of a recap of some of the bigger games that have happened in week six. Uh, stay tuned to my week seven of the college football season coming up this Saturday preview coming up here on Prospectology on Friday. Thank you all for tuning in. If you got any questions or want to give me some games to take a look at this weekend, hit me up on the Twitter. Let me know, at Luch Bryant. Uh, just want to talk college football or NFL football or just football in general. Always there. I'll answer back. Let me know who your top matchups are for this weekend and some of the players you'll be keeping an eye on and I'll take a look at it Uh, until then thank you for watching and until Friday we're getting you ready for the 2021 draft NFL draft one prospect at a time here on prospectology until Friday peace